the Start Your Own Business podcast. Hear inspiring startup stories and get reliable expert advice on how to start your business and get off to the best possible start. Brought to you by Startup Donut, helping small businesses succeed. Hello, I'm Chloe Thomas, best-selling author and award-winning podcast host. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Start Your Own Business podcast. We've produced this special episode to help startups and small businesses deal with the problem of late payment, which remains a big issue for many small businesses. It's estimated that small businesses are owed over £23.4 billion in unpaid invoices. And the research suggests that 50,000 UK businesses a year close as a consequence of late payments. This is certainly something you need to know about. Ordinarily, getting paid on time can be tough, let alone during more challenging economic times. Currently, significant price increases across the board are placing consumer cash flows under greater strain, which means late payment could be more likely to impact your business in 2022 if you grant credit. So what can you do about it? Well, before we get some tips and advice from our guest, please take the time to find out about our sponsors, the Federation of Small Businesses, and how joining could be among your best business decisions. This series of the Start Your Own Business podcast is brought to you by Startup Donut in association with the Federation of Small Businesses. Running your own business is exciting. You've got a great idea, the ambition to succeed, and lots of questions about how you can make your business a success. That's why the Federation of Small businesses is behind you every step of the way, whatever your business dreams. With FSB's Startup Hub, you'll learn business law basics, discover top tips for securing funding, and hear advice from successful entrepreneurs. From startup to scale up, start your business journey with the Federation of Small Businesses. Find out more and download a free startup guide today by visiting fsb.org.uk forward slash start. It's time to introduce our small business expert, Liz Barkley. Liz is a former small business and consumer affairs broadcaster, producer and writer. She started her career as an advisor with Citizens Advice before rising to become the organisation's CEO. And in July 2021, Liz became the Small Business Commissioner. Her office is an independent public body set up by the government to tackle late payment and consider complaints from small businesses about payment problems they encounter when dealing with larger business customers. Customers. It provides free support and seeks to help small businesses to solve and resolve their payment disputes. Hello, Liz. Hello, Chloe. Thank you very much for inviting me on to your podcast. Uh, it's excellent to have you here because I think this is it's just one of these topics which the small business owner doesn't know about until it's too late a lot of the time. Well, they don't know about it until they're in the middle of it. Yes. And I think the more we can do to help people prepare for getting paid the better yeah because it well well we'll, I was about to diverge myself in the wrong direction we'll get into all the ins and outs of it when we get when we get to it but first of all it's really prescient that we're talking to you about this right now because the way things are going it looks like this is going to be a bigger problem in 2022 than it has been in recent years yes I think a lot of businesses thought that 2021 was really tough and that they would recover in 2022. And unfortunately, of course, the cost of living crisis, the rising energy costs, the rising fuel costs, the rising wages and the difficulty getting skilled people, all of that has fed into 
a climate of despondency on the part of small businesses, I think, would be the way to put it. They're really, really finding it tough out there. And of course, customers, consumers are tightening their belts because they can't afford to pay their energy bills either, their fuel bills. And so there's very little left over to spend on the high street or online. And lots and lots of businesses are beginning to report that they themselves are finding it tough to pay their own bills, either to their suppliers or to their energy and utility companies, or even to pay themselves a salary in some cases. So it is looking pretty grim. Which means it's even more important to uh, to follow the advice you're all going to get today on how to how to Im- improve your chances of getting actually paid by your customers. So Liz with costs up this year before we even raise an invoice what are the steps we should take to set ourselves up for getting paid successfully? Well, you run your own business, I run I did run my own business. I've been freelance most of my working life and I know that I've been guilty of being terribly excited about the piece of work being offered to me and not really thinking through how I'm going to get paid for that piece of work. And if you don't get paid, it's a hobby. It's not a job. So you really need to think about the business side of the business as well as the stuff that you really love doing. And we do tend to forget that. And there's a piece of research in from 2019 that shows about 42% of invoices go in with mistakes on them. And I think that's partly because of several things. We we don't think about how we might invoice. We don't think about how we might charge. We don't think about who uh, might pay those invoices for us, etc. until after we've done the work. So I suppose my main message is stop and think about this piece of work that you're being offered. What is it going to cost you to deliver it? When are you going to need to get paid? Are you going to have to pay for anything in advance? Uh, It might be that you have to pay for some materials before you start the work. It might be that you need to pay for someone else to help you to do the work. So are you going to have to pay out well in advance of getting that money in? How much money do you have that you can rely on until you do get paid? And at what point are you going to run out of money, in which case you can't actually survive and your business won't survive very long? if you don't have that cash flow to tide you over in the gap in the middle. So think of all of that through right at the beginning, rather than just accepting the piece of work, which I know is the exciting bit, but think through the business side of it. So then think about, do I need to get paid in stages? Do I need to negotiate with the customer so that they pay me something as I go along, so that they pay me part of it upfront? so that I can realistically deliver this piece of work. You've got a really good customer. You obviously uh, want to get more work from that customer. And so it's very, very hard to feel that you have got the power to negotiate. But actually, you are the talent that's going to make them succeed. Uh, So you do have skin in this game and you can negotiate very clearly. And you can state your payment terms right at the outset. So what are the, when do you need to be paid? When do you need the money into the bank? Do you need some money upfront for materials? Do you need to be paid in stages? And then be hard-nosed enough about it to negotiate those payments, those staged payments and the final payments. You need to know with certainty when the money is going to hit your bank account. 
And then you need to find out all the little details, what needs to go on the invoice, who is the person who's going to make the payment, because they're normally not the person who's giving you the work in the first place. Who do I contact? What do I need to, you know, do you need my bank account details up front? How can I make it as easy as possible for you to pay me? So there's an awful lot to think about before you say, okay, I will accept this piece of work. Give yourself the best possible opportunity to get paid. I think that's such such crucial advice from my experience because it can be easy just to go, oh, we'll just send them an invoice and if there's problems, I'm sure they'll tell us, which nine times out of 10, they don't. <laughs> uh, no, they don't because the person who's giving you the work doesn't know there's a problem because they passed it on to the payment department. The payment department, the person in the payment department doesn't know you. They haven't got any relationship with you. So they don't feel any particularly particular loyalty to you. If there's a mistake, if all the information is in all the invoice, it's likely to sit in an in-tray until you phone them up. And then, of course, that's your time that's being used, chasing up the invoice when actually you should be out looking for another customer. Exactly. I've had one myself today. I was I was trying to get the, the correct information to put on the invoice and get set up in their system. And I chased them going, can we uh, invoice you? And she came back going, oh, apparently I need your phone number. We, she gets this huge list of information to provide beforehand. So even if, even when you've done it for as long as I have, you're still going to do this chasing up. Liz, this might feel to everyone listening like an awful lot of work to do before we've even started working with them. But it's worth it because late payments can cause huge problems for a business, can't they? It's not just even late payments, as in overdue invoices, but most of the problems we see are caused by someone having accepted two onerous payment terms. So let me give you an example. I had a colleague that we work with quite a lot, runs his own small business, and he was offered a piece of work. And he was terribly excited about it because he said, oh, this is going to be a game changer for my business. But he did have the presence of mind to sit down and think about how much money he had in the bank and how long he could survive before he got paid because the offer of work came with the offer of being paid in 120 days. Now, 120 days is four months in my language. And I know that if I had to wait four months before I got paid, I'd probably be behind with the mortgage and the bills would be, I'd be really, really struggling to pay the bills. So you do have to think, would I be better not to accept this piece of work and actually go out and look for customers who will pay me more quickly? But he did go back to that procurement person and said, look, I can't wait 120 days to be paid. I will be bust by then, the business will be bust, and I will be able to deliver any future work to you. And they said, we really want to work with you. He said, pay me in 30 days. They went back and they checked their processes, came back and said, look, we physically can't pay you in 40 days because our processes take longer than that, but we can pay you in 45 days. And he accepted it because he checked again his, that he would have enough money to tide him over 45 days. Now, he said that because he had the confidence to go ahead and do that in the first instance and actually push back and negotiate the better payment terms, he now gets paid faster by other customers because he's had the confidence to negotiate with them too. And so it is really important to put the effort in right at the beginning but you've also got to remember, and back to what you just said, even though you've been doing it for years, 
everybody, every customer you work with will have different payment processes. So you need to check. Don't ever assume that one person's payment processes are the same as somebody else's. Always, always check. What else do we need on the invoice? There might be a PO number that will be required. You may not, you need to know when you will get that PO number so that you can put it on your invoice. There may be, they, you know, there may be all sorts of little bits of information that you haven't had to put on previous invoices that this new company, new customer wants. So you do have to put in the effort. But believe you me, um, as the person that I've just been talking about has said to me, he used to spend half a day a week chasing invoices. Now he doesn't. He spends that half a day a week chasing new customers. And so it's a lot better for his business because he can plan it better. It's interesting, as you said, about how every every one of your customers might do it differently. Also, sometimes the customers change things. I mean, the worst words in my world are, we're hiring a procurement team. Because <laughs> <laughs> a company that was easy to do business with is about to become very difficult to do business with. <laughs> But that's probably because that's probably because it's a growing company or they've changed their processes, you know, and actually updated processes. Because a lot of companies are discovering that their processes are well outdated and they haven't spent any money on them for the past 20 years. And really, they do need to do something to bring them up to date. So what are kind of the, the key steps that uh, small businesses can take once they've got those things organised with their customer? They've negotiated both the price and the payment terms. Are there things we can do to, to get ourselves paid that bit quicker? Things like pre-invoicing, pro-forma invoicing I've heard of, payment in advance. What, what sort of other tactics can we use? Yeah, all of those things that you've just mentioned. Obviously, I've uh, mentioned payment in advance. Before, ask, you know, point out that you need to pay for materials or that you need to pay for labour, etc. And that obviously that will cost you in advance of delivering the work. And ask whether or not you can have staged payments, payments in advance, of course. But I think a lot of it has to do with the relationship that you form with the person who's going to pay you. And interestingly enough, a lot of people don't really even know who that person is. So get contact number, make sure that you perhaps two weeks before you're due to put your invoice in, phone up and check. What is the information that I need to put on here? I really want to make it easy for you so that you're forming that relationship. You know, it's a two-way thing. You're being very, very helpful to the person who's going to have to make the payment. And then phone up after you put the invoice in and say, is all the information on there that you need? Is there anything that I've forgotten? When can I expect the payment? And then uh, I would say again, I'm saying phone, actually email, whatever, but communicate with the payment department maybe two weeks before the invoice is due to be paid and say, are we still on track? I just want to be sure that, um, you know, I've given you the right bank account details, etc. But the more that you form that relationship and the more that you're in the mind of the people who are making the payments, the better. And the, part of the problem, I think, is that bigger businesses sometimes think that it's much more important for them to pay the big invoices and that the little invoices can just wait. And I think that partly you need to make it very clear to the payment department that actually this is crucial for you. And you are providing them a really valuable service. So therefore, that it may seem like a small invoice to them, but it's a big invoice to you. And again, an example of that 
we came across where a woman had no money to pay to feed her children over the weekend. And she phoned us on a Friday afternoon and said, I'm really in desperate straits. I don't know what to do. And when we phoned the company the, uh, and got through to the head of the payment department, uh, we were told that it had never occurred to them that that small invoice would be so vitally important. And I think it was just a lack of understanding sometimes uh, between a bigger business and their smaller suppliers as to just how fundamental it can be to be paid that small amount of money. In this case, the uh, finance person paid that money, I think, out of his own account that afternoon to make sure that that woman could treat her children over the weekend. But, you know, if, if you don't, if you form the relationship and make it clear to the people who are making the payments that this is vitally important to you and this is why, and that actually you're a really vital part of their team, then you've got more chance of them remembering to pay you on the Friday afternoon before they go home for the weekend. There's a lot of that that's really important to do. One of the, the things I've always um, found helpful over the years is working out if it's a company, when, what day of the week they do their payment run or what day of the month. Yes. And make sure you call that morning or the day before and say, hello, <laughs> are we on the list? Well, it can, it, it can be that they have actually got several different payment runs as well. You know, and you want to be on the one that actually gets you paid on the date that you expect to be paid. It's mo- small businesses tell us it's not so much about the length of time they have to wait, but about the certainty that the money will be in the bank on the day that they have been told it will be in the bank. Now, because you've got your own suppliers to pay. You've got your own bills to pay. And Liz, I mentioned pro forma invoices there. So we should probably, for those who are going, who are going, what on earth is one of those? Could you give us a very quick overview of what a pro forma is? And then we'll go on to talk about what we do with overdue invoices. Well, it's really hard to explain that because lots of firms will have their own versions of that. I mean, I think it's much more important to find out right at the beginning, what is it that you expect to have on the invoice? You know, how do you want me to use your performer, do you want me to use a particular format that makes it easier for you to pay and that actually goes through your system? Or do you want me just to come up with my own invoice with these particular details on it? But of course, lots of people these days use apps and cloud accounting software that uh, creates the invoices for you, which makes it a lot easier for you to do. Uh, what you shouldn't do, and uh, I'm, and this still happens, is that people write their invoices still on the back of envelopes and the back of cigarette packets. And wow. I have a bookkeeper friend who still receives invoices in that way. She then translates them onto performer invoices or in, you know into whatever the format is that has been agreed and sends them off so that they get paid much more quickly. <laughs> But, you know, there is still quite a lot of, there are still quite a lot of businesses out there that simply rely on scribbling things on paper. Whatever you do, don't do that. (laughs) Crikey. Okay, Liz, we have gone into brilliant depth on what to do before it goes overdue to try and avoid it going overdue. But even after we've done all that, a couple of them are going to end up not getting paid on the day we want. So what, what do we do when we've got something that's gone overdue? Do we do we call them up immediately? Do we email them? Do we get really tough with them straight away? What? How do we approach it? Well, I think that it's better to be reasonable and not go into confrontational mode 
you know, and approach it from the point of view, I'm really sorry, I was expecting the money to be in my bank account. Can you tell me when it is going to arrive? Because obviously I've got my bills to pay, etc. You know, so you approach it from a reasonable point of view, but do do it immediately. Don't wait. About 15% of people say they have, they don't chase up invoices because it just simply takes too long. It takes up too much of their time, but that's money that you need to be getting into your business. Otherwise you can't pay your bills either. And the longer you wait, the harder it is to do the chasing. We put off chasing because we don't like to. We don't like to phone up the company. We don't like any confrontation. We don't want to do anything that will endanger the business relationship because we want to get the next piece of work that comes down the pipeline. However, if you do chase it up and nothing happens and the invoice still isn't coming through, then you've got to decide at what point is this a dispute? Is it is it not going to get resolved? Come to us. We will we will be the people who do the intervening between you and the big business if you want us to. And we quite often get people saying, I don't want you to intervene because I don't want to do anything that will damage the business relationship. But part of our remit is to try to make sure that we don't damage that business relationship if we possibly can. But don't delay it because the delay itself means that you, you know, I put off doing things and I really wish that I didn't. I really wish I wasn't the person who put it off because it's actually better if you can just get to grips with it. You lie awake at night, you worry about it. And actually sleepless nights lead to mental health problems. And we've seen lots of people in really struggling with their mental health because they're not getting paid on time. They don't know how to chase the invoice. They're really worried about negotiating with the company. This is your money. They shouldn't be using you as a bank account. You are due that money. You've delivered the work. You should get paid. So just as long as you approach it reasonably, try to resolve the dispute yourself come to us and we can help. I have, I'm just going to reiterate what you say there, Liz. From my own personal experience, I've ummed and aahed over chasing, you know, very overdue invoices and not knowing what to do. And then the moment I've got someone who actually, you know, like your team, who knows what they're doing and who understands the legal steps, the peace of mind it gives back just to know it's being dealt with properly. The sleep returns almost immediately, even if the money isn't quite there yet. Well, a, li- a, little, a little tip though that I will... I will share is that quite often people just come to the website and they have a look on the website and they go away armed with the information and they know that they could charge interest on late invoices and they know that they could charge compensation and they go along and they say, I've had a look on the Small Business Commissioner's website and it seems to instantly uh, (laughs) get a payment made. Uh, We had uh, a couple of cases last week where people said to us, you know, I got paid those invoices simply because I said I, I've had to look on the Small Business Commissioner's <laughs> website. So that might be worth a try to. It's the, the magic words. <laughs> def- I like to think so. <laughs> definitely worth a step. It shows shows your, you and your team are, are getting the message across. And you mentioned charging interest there. At what point are we legally allowed to do that? And more importantly, at what point should we do it or should we use it as a threat or how can we use that to our advantage? Well, the there is an interest calculator on the website, and that will tell you at what point that um, you know how much interest you can charge depending on how late the invoice is. If the invoice is late, you are entitled to charge interest. So, but most people don't want to do that either. 
And I can fully understand that as well, because again, it's about preserving the business relationship. So Liz, just to double, double check with you, then we don't have to put in our terms and conditions that we'll charge interest just legally by raising an invoice and putting a due date on it we are entitled to charge interest. Yes, but the problem will arise in that there will be a dispute over when the date was. You know, if you don't mm-hmm. get things in writing, then there's there's always the opportunity for a he said, she said situation to develop. And this is where most of the disputes arise. Because I say, you told me that you would pay me on X date, that I would be paid within X number of days. That hasn't happened. I'm going to charge you interest. And the customer comes back and says, oh, no, we didn't. That's not the agreement we had. And then it's one word against the other. And it's very, very hard to uh, deal with and work out. So it's much, much better to get things in writing before you ever start, because then at least if there is a dispute, you've got something to fall back on. And you can point to that email exchange or that written contract that you have signed that says our payment terms are 30 days and we accept that we will expect to be paid on 30 days. But you need to be quite careful about that too, because sometimes in the contract it will say 30 days after the end of the month in which you submit the invoice. So you need to be very careful what it is that you've signed up to. And then if you're not paid within those terms, you are entitled to charge interest. So you then come onto the website, work out how much interest you can charge. And of course, it goes up daily. You put the details of how late your payment is, and it will tell you how much you can charge. And then you can go back to them and say, look, we've I've worked it out. And you can decide at that point, am I going to charge this interest or not? Or am I simply going to point out that it is possible for me to do that? Again, you, you know, this is this is you trying to preserve the relationship with the, the customer. You can go straight in there and say, I'm going to charge interest if you don't pay me on the the date I am due to be paid. Of course you can. But it's just how you prefer to do that negotiation. And it is a negotiation. Most people don't charge interest. Very few people ever do charge interest. A lot of them, we suspect, come onto the website and have a look at how much interest they can charge and then use that as leverage to get paid. And the invoice usually gets paid quite quickly after that um, after they say that they know that they are entitled to charge interest. Yes, to say you're, you've, we, you now owe us this much interest, but we'll waive that if you pay us on Friday, everyone's happy. Yes, and then you would put in a separate invoice for that interest. Liz, there's a couple of things we haven't covered. Um, first off, something called factoring or invoice financing. Could you give us kind of like a one-liner on what it is and your thoughts on whether or not we should be using it? A one-liner. Hmm, that's an interesting <laughs> one. They're all different. And when you're talking about factoring and reverse factoring and supply chain finance and invoice financing and so on, they're all different. There are lots of details as to what you might be signing up to. Basically, what you are doing, it, what is happening is that you are selling your invoice to somebody who is paying you so that you've got the money to carry on running your business, even though the customer hasn't paid you on the due date. So it is a possibility. But again, I'll go back to another example. Someone phoned up and said that they had looked at the, the possibility of invoice financing. So they were thinking about selling that invoice and that um, that would give them the working capital in order to keep the business running. But what he had discovered was he would actually be better off financially to just take on an overdraft. 
So there are costs involved and an awful lot of small businesses that we deal with are on the small side where they don't have a financial director or anybody on the team who really has the time to go out and find the right solution. And so they're very, very wary of using that kind of financing. And they simply borrow from family and friends or run up an overdraft or run up extra borrowing on the credit cards, etc. And of course, the question for most small businesses is, do we want to get into that position where we have to borrow to keep the business going? And the answer for most of them is we'd prefer not to. So we do find that most of the smaller businesses that we deal with don't go in for those kind of financial solutions. They have a role to play for many, many, but I would I would suspect slightly bigger small businesses and more into the medium business size. Freelancers, sole traders, micro businesses are much less likely to want to take on that kind of financing. And I guess if you're doing all that due diligence that we mentioned right at the beginning of our chat of, you know, negotiating those payment terms, chasing up in the process of creating the invoice and making sure you're building that relationship and getting all the details right, you shouldn't need it anyway. Well, hopefully not. And then again, another thing that I should probably should have mentioned right at the beginning is do a credit check. If you've not worked with this customer before, do a check to see how good they are at paying their bills. You can go through the credit reference agencies. You can have a look. If it's a big, big company, there is data that's held on the Department of Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy website to see whether or not those firms, uh, whether the data shows that they pay well. There is the prompt payment code and we administer the prompt payment code in our office. And we have uh, three and a half thousand signatories to the code. And what signatories to the code commit to doing is to paying at least 95% of their invoices to their small from their small suppliers within 30 days. So that gives you an idea of the companies that you're working with and whether or not they value their, their small suppliers enough to want to pay them within that 30-day period. As much due diligence as you can do on a customer before you sign up with them is really, really helpful. And of course, once you've got a good customer and you know that they do pay and that you've put all the process in place and got all the information to them that they need, then you don't have to do that second time if you're, you know, if you're working with that customer again. So it's really worthwhile putting the effort in at the beginning. Excellent. Liz, we're getting towards the end now. So what's the, what's the key thing you'd like the listeners to take away from um, this podcast? There is a lot of work to do if you're starting up to be business savvy. And it really is important to get all the advice and information that you can. There's lots of it out there. It can be very difficult to work out what is the right advice and information for you. I appreciate that. But don't get carried away with, you know, As I say, I've been freelance uh, most of my working life. And of course, I love doing what I do. But sometimes I have been guilty of forgetting to do the business bit of it. And then that's meant that I have had to spend a lot of time chasing up money that I should have had paid into my bank account. And I probably would have spent less time if I just got all my business processes right in the first place. It is really well worth making the investment to get your business processes, right? There are lots of apps out there now that can help you to do that. Put that effort in at the beginning. 
Excellent. Thank you, Liz. Now, a few times you've mentioned your team. So could you give us a bit more details about how you're helping small businesses and how the listers can get in contact with your office when they reach that dispute point? Yes, we run a free dispute resolution service for smaller businesses with fewer than 50 employees if they are in dispute over payments with their bigger customers, and that's companies with more than 50 employees. So if you are in a dispute, you haven't been able to resolve it yourself, then please do come to us. And if we can get directly involved and intervene and you want us to do that, then we will. If we can't, we will probably know who can help you or we will be able to give you some information that will help you to resolve the dispute yourself. But we're a free service. If you are stuck in any shape or form, then please do contact us. You can get us through the website and I'm sure that you will give out the website address if you just search for the Small Business Commissioner, you will find us quite easily. Please, please don't be reticent. We are not going to judge in any shape or form. And the team, really empathetic team, they've been there, they've seen it all. There's nothing that will shock them, so please give us a shout. Excellent. Thank you, Liz. Thanks for for running such an amazing office to help all of us get paid on, you know, better and um, and for, for giving such brilliant advice today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and I know will have helped hundreds of small businesses, hopefully thousands do better. So thank you very much. Well, thank you very much for asking me. What an excellent guest. I love that Liz makes it all feel so easy for any business person to do because it is. It's just knowing you're allowed to make those, you know, those requests about let's agree payment terms up front. Let's agree when it comes in. This is what I need when. Let's find a way to make it happen. We always get a bit, I think, a bit hung up on negotiating the price and we forget about the payment terms, which are as important. Liz asked me to mention what the website is of the Small Business Commissioner. It is www.smallbusinesscommissioner.gov.uk. But if you simply Google Small Business Commissioner, you will find it. And it's a, it's a site packed with useful information on how to get your invoices paid on time, how to do your contracts, how to deal with unpaid invoices. And of course, they have that free service. If there's less than 50 employees in your business, they have a free service to help you deal with any problematic payments you've got with larger businesses, which is those with more employees. So an excellent website to go to if you're having problems right now. But of course, as you saw, as you heard rather, as we went through through the episode, it is all about getting your ducks in a row before you even raise that invoice. Talk payment terms right at the very, very beginning. Do your due diligence on the customer, credit check them, understand a bit more about them understand who the right people to talk to are both to do the work but also to get it paid and then work with them to make sure you've given them the best chance of paying you've got the right information in the right places going to the right person and if you do all that up front then you're going to completely manage to to avoid most of the time that problematic bit at the end when the money hasn't arrived in the bank account. But of course, Liz took us through several ways of going about how to get that in, including utilising the free services of the Small Business Commissioner. 
We covered a lot of ground in this episode. So to help you with it all, you can find the summary notes for the episode and links to many more free resources by visiting www.startupdonut.co.uk and that's donut spelt D-O-N-U-T. Visiting www.startupdonut.co.uk could also really help you to save time and money in your business. If you found this episode helpful, then please do listen to our first two series of podcast episodes episodes, which are all about helping you complete the key tasks and negotiate the big challenges when setting up and establishing your new business. You can find all of those right here on your podcast player. Just scroll to find them or at www.startupdonut.co.uk. And please do spread the word to others you know this episode could help. Thanks to FSB for making all this possible. And don't forget to download their free startup guide. Details coming up in a moment. Running your own business is exciting. You've got a great idea, the ambition to succeed, and lots of questions about how you can make your business a success. That's why the Federation of Small Businesses is behind you every step of the way, whatever your business dreams. With FSB's Startup Hub, you'll learn business law basics, discover top tips for securing funding, and hear advice from successful entrepreneurs. From startup to scale-up, Start your business journey with the Federation of Small Businesses. Find out more and download a free startup guide today by visiting fsb.org.uk start.